Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Joe, we are presumably live. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen? September 26th edition of the Holy Smokes podcast. Sean, there's no way I'm going to go an hour and a half without sneezing because just as you said, we are live. My nose was like, nope, you're going to sneeze right now. So I will try and hold off for an hour and a half. But if I do, ladies and gentlemen, I do apologize. Lots <laughs> in the world of mixed martial arts to discuss, not just Sean Rossap's glorious glorious hair and beard it is absolutely getting to epic now, hey, hey, well, let's just pause right here i will never accuse <laughs> my beard of being glorious it's tough for me to grow a good beard but the hair's getting there the hair's oh getting man there. i've matt, seen some matt riddle recently. approved hair mind oh, you that's that's all that matters that's all that matters what you and i don't approve and it's heartbreaking at least for me Paige Van Zandt versus Jessica I has been canceled. We will discuss that momentarily. Are the brakes being put on this rumored Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor trilogy fight? We'll discuss that uh, momentarily. Oh, of course, Edmund Tarvinian, Sean Rossap's favorite cat. Ah, he's just going absolutely nuts. We'll talk about that. Claudia Gadea is taking a break. Should she? Should she not? Based on what happened with her fight with Jessica Andrade, we'll get into that for sure. Uh, Chuck Liddell potentially coming back if the money is right. We will discuss that for sure. Matt Brown has one foot already outside the octagon in his next fight with Diego Sanchez. He's saying that is it. Is that good news or bad news for us fans? We will get into that for sure, or us pundits. Uh, and Johanna Jacek has some plans for 125 pounds. And if you've missed some of the stuff that Sean Ross Sapp has written uh, for the Fightful.com sites, you need to check it out. Some really good stuff there uh, with his experience, his day that he spent with, uh, who was it, um, uh, Mr. Watson? Yes. Yes. 
It's a fantastic read, ladies and gentlemen. You need to check that out. I posted some stuff there about tournaments in mixed martial arts and how I still believe that old way of just building stars can actually happen. We may get into that a little bit later. But, of course, if you are tuned in live with us right now, top right of your screen on the YouTube page is a live chat. Please say hello. Please like the show. Please share with your friends. And please post your comments, thoughts, suggestions about Sean's hair and my lack or my follically challenged dome, uh, which isn't exactly shining today because I was able to to draw the blinds. Last time I looked like I was uh, I was uh, in, in the in the movie It, but I'm okay today. Uh-huh. I think Sean. Yeah, you're all right. We we did some adjustments before. We're good to go. We're good to go. Hey guys, leave us a thumbs up over on the the YouTube page. Comment, chime in. Let us know if there's anything else you want to talk about. Other than that, we we may be a little light today, Joe. Other than we got Elias showing up, but. We may be a little light because there's no event this weekend. It's so funny the way things are set up. Last weekend, there was UFC, Bellator, Ring of Honor, WWE, Evolve. Then this weekend, there's nothing. Then next weekend, UFC and WWE. Then the weekend after, nothing. So we're going we're gonna to see some uh, – we're going to talk about some fun stuff today. What do you want to start off with, though? I mean, Elias is going to join us. That Nothing ever good comes from that. Let's be honest for a second. That's just him and Sean Pearson are a waste of our time. No? Yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> I no, had we, some requests uh, to get uh, Elias on talking about pro wrestling sometime soon, so we might have to do that. Be down for that for sure. He loves it. He, he actually had uh, one or two pro wrestling fights, didn't he? I believe so. I, I don't know. That's what I would ask him, probably. Yeah, uh, I saw him doing the shoot with Pert Plus. I mean, good for him. There's even Marlon Vera who got the um, the Pepsi deal. That's that's, that's impressive. That is pretty damn impressive. Getting a Pepsi deal uh, in MMA. You know, where is it? But that's in his home country. Where is that? Um, is it Ecuador? No. Uh, I'll, I'll have to look. I'll have to look. I edited the story, so I mean, I, I know what you're talking about. But yeah, that that's a pretty impressive one there. I think we really we should talk, start off with the biggest story there is right now. The rumors that UFC had planned a Dana or not Dana White, a Conor McGregor Nate Diaz fight for twelve thirty, which, as Ariel Hawani said, the stars have not aligned. And Dana White said, "You damn right they haven't." So, but. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's a big show for the UFC. That's in and around when Conor McGregor does want to return. Nate Diaz, uh, we don't know if he's hurting for money. I doubt it, but he definitely wants to get in there uh, and fight Conor McGregor. That's the only fight he wants. I don't know. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, there's rumors out there that Conor McGregor's peeps have already uh, booked their flights. They've booked hotel stays in Las Vegas. I mean, that, that's some of the conspiracy theory slash rumors that are going out there. I don't know about well, you, but... Well, let, let's address that conspiracy theory, because they ain't got to book shit. You know they don't got to book a damn thing. Conor McGregor has a residency. So, I mean, he, I, I don't think it's that much trouble for him to get rooms for his homeboys. You know what I mean? Like, he, he can go there when he wants. He lives there if he wants. Like, it's, it's up to him. So, I think... I, that conspiracy, I don't know, but that should be the fight. And not only that, Joe, you can make that for it. Well, you you might be able to make that for a championship because, well, okay, I think you could. And here's why. Because you always run the risk of Nate Diaz not fighting ever again. Because why would he? Why would he? You know, he's so hot and cold. Oh, I want to fight for a title. I want to fight for big money. No, I want to fight big names. No, I want to fight this person. But the benefit of that is... In a week and a half, there's an interim title fight. So if he doesn't fight, 
you've got a champion. So that's not that bad. Well, let me ask you this. If you're Conor McGregor's peeps, I mean, where did both those original fights take place? In what 170, way? yeah. 170, right? So now you want this trilogy fight. You can make it a lot more difficult for Nate Diaz to say, hey, you know what? We're fighting at 155, and there's a title shot on the line. There's some incentive there for you. It's difficult for you to cut the weight, perhaps, but you got to come down to 155 if you want to fight me. Sorry, I'm taking my fish oil supplements right now that I forgot to take. And I already did during my meal. I'm good. That's that's what um, that's what Connor has been saying all, or what he said immediately after, because he wanted to get that win back at 170. Now he wants 155, where he's more comfortable. I think it's a good idea. I think it's the fight to make. It is the right fight. It's a shame that Habib, through all this, is getting lost because he can't stay healthy. But I'm interested. I'm interested to see who they put him up against next. I think they should book him against Barboza personally because if anybody's going to test that chin and those legs, it'll be Barboza. So I, I think that's I love the right that fight, fight to make. There. I absolutely love that fight. Unfortunately for Habib, like you mentioned, the guy's just he's got a string of bad luck. People can can throw the Tito Mizzou jokes as much as they want. Uh, the guy himself is is arguably the best the, fighter at 155 pounds. The Tito Mizzou. The Tito Mizzou. Yeah, you heard what the, jokes? the hell is that? You haven't seen all those those different Joe, cracks. I don't that... have custom cufflinks like you. I am a man of the people. I am not above our viewers. I'm not gonna say tiramisu like some fancy pants. Tiramisu from the Italian the lingo. Tiramisu, as everybody knows, uh, when they post on our live chat, uh, taking shots at uh, because Tony Ferguson was taking shots over at Habib Nurmagomedov that he didn't make weight because he was having too much t- tiramisu. Tiramisu. Wow. Yes. You like it. Somebody on Twitter says, you're taking more than fish oil. Yeah, I took a DHEA for sugar metabolism, a multivitamin, uh, two fish oils, and uh, my Onnit Alpha Brain. So there you go, guys. Yep. I may have to up my uh, my fish oil. I only take three ti- or three capsules during my lunch meal. I should probably take some uh, during dinner because you're supposed to have three, six, or nine per day. But it is what it is. I, I keep uh, it at two, but I'm going to have to up it, man. Like, I'm starting to feel funk. it. Starting to electric feel funk. Electric funk. Hold on a sec, buddy. I don't know if you can see that. No, it is not Janet Jackson or Tony Braxton. Her name is Bunny as a party, very close friend of mine, a model from the greater Toronto area. Hooked me up with one of her shirts, photographer's Paul Bassetta. Uh, if you ever see some of the stuff uh, with me online on my Instagram or some of the pictures I post with me uh, and some Nutella and a beautiful blonde bombshell, that would be Bunny as a party. Give her a follow as if she doesn't have thousands already. But, yes, this is the shirt that she sent me. Uh, so I'm showing her some love, some appreciation, because she does to me. But, uh, yeah, no, not uh, going to come back. We hope so. Yeah, we're, we're back now. We're back. All right. Okay, good, good, good. So Bunny so, has a party crashed our show. That's pretty good. That, that's never good. <laughs> that's never Absolutely. good. Okay, so what is your take on the Diaz-McGregor thing? Are they going to do it in December? Do you think this is Dana White putting the brakes on for no reason uh, because they're probably still negotiating uh, with both parties? Normally I would say no, but Conor McGregor, you know, he likes to get deals done and then go ahead and do them. The hang-up is I don't know what kind of shape Nate Diaz is in. Like, what? how much does the dude weigh right now? Like, how? how where, where, where is he in, in that regard? Now, three months should be enough time to make that weight, but... Well, I'm going on the assumption he's in fantastic shape because those guys are always sure. doing triathlons and they're always in the gym. But you are right. You just never really know. That's true. That's very true. 
And that was the issue last time, although it was on like 10 days notice, that he couldn't make 155. So he has plenty of time now. So we'll see. I, I think they should do it, though. It is the fight to make. What would be the holdup? Why not make this fight at that time? Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. I mean, just financial terms and Nate being so hot and cold as it pertains to what he wants to do, man. Like, what does he ever want to do? I understand that. I completely, totally get that. But there's going to have to be some sort of realistic expectations from all three of these parties. We all know what Conor McGregor, uh, what his asking price technically can be or should be, but he's got to be smart as well to say, look, this is not the money fight with Floyd Mayweather. You're back to the UFC now. Uh, you can command more than what you were asking for before, but there's a realistic understanding that, hey, you know what? The UFC can only make so much uh, and can spend so much. He could probably ask for the lion's share of anything when it comes to whenever he fights. Nate Diaz has to also understand that, look, this is going to be a big fight. This will likely be the biggest payday you ever are ever going to have, but there's only so much that can go around. So the negotiations can happen. If they could put together Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather – I know it's a Diaz brother. That's a that's a curveball, yeah. but it could happen. It should happen, and I think it will happen in December. I mean, the UFC would make over like just off pay per view alone, like fifty to seventy million probably off of that pay per view. So yeah, they they both need to be getting paid more than ten million dollars. And Jared, when yeah. when they got paid ten million dollars, we were like, oh okay, ten million dollars. That's a good one. Oh, then he stepped into boxing and made thirty million as his base. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there there's some changes that need to be made. Uh, the updates to the rankings, kind of interesting. Oh Dustin Ortiz didn't fight and moved up two spots to number nine on the flyweight rankings. <laughs> Probably justified. Uh. Jessica Andrade moved up to number one in the women's strawweight rankings. That is, I'm down for that. But here's the one you'll like. Kamara Usman moved up a spot to number 11. Passing Gunnar Nelson. Also very good, in my opinion. That could be a good fight right there. There are still no rankings for the women's featherweight division. Oh, how come? Because there's no depth. There's there's nobody there. How funny is it that by the time the the third featherweight championship fight happens, there will have been more women's flyweight fights ever. And the division started, like, almost a year after. That's so weird. That's so weird. Yeah, it's... it's... You and I talked about it a long time ago when the introduction of this division was actually taking place. And, you know, the the arguments that we had between was like, you know what, you can have some depth in there, but now the more that we think about it, it's just like, who, what, where, when, why, how? It's a celebrity division. That's it. You bring him in there to fight Cyborg, and when she retires, that division probably goes away. How much time do you think she has left? Chris Cyborg? It's tough to say because, I mean, she, I think, gets better. Yeah, somebody was – okay, we can talk about the Ronda Rousey thing about Edmund last week saying and and that Ronda should come back and fight Cyborg. Well, no, first off. No, she shouldn't. (laughs) But Cyborg just turned 32. And she's looked better at 32 against Avenger than maybe ever because she has learned to use her range and she hasn't sacrificed any power. 
I thought before that, I think Ronda Rousey stood a much better chance of beating 2014-2015 Cyborg than 2017 Cyborg, because back then, Cyborg got in the clinch an awful lot, and that's not where you want to be with a Ronda Rousey. And really, that was that was the only opening that I saw a lot of people have with Chris Cyborg, and she doesn't leave that opening now, so I don't know. I mean, she might hang around and just destroy whatever undersized women come up there and try to fight her. I think that Holly Holm is probably the best fight for her right now. Okay, I want to see that fight. I really want to see that fight. Just just the whole stand-up realm, how Holly... Because Holly, for, for the most part, is a... Would you classify her 70-30 counterpuncher attacker? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and but, Cyborg... But, hey, I mean, when she fought Rousey, she switched that up. Because she was the better striker. Yeah. Right? So, Maybe she's the like, better striker. Maybe she's probably not the stronger striker, like, as far as power. But I think she's probably the better striker. Yeah, I think, I mean, for the most part, would you say that when Cyborg... In the striking realm, which is basically where we see her attack most of her opponents, she's not necessarily a counter fighter per se, but a fighter that will beat you to the beat. Yeah, like a, you so much as move when 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 you're about to strike as you as you plant or you set or you even try and hide something. That's when she comes in. She doesn't necessarily initiate, but she's like, "We're gonna go, we're gonna go," and as soon as you think you're about to strike, bang, she comes in there. Well, that's the thing with with Cyborg. She doesn't fight a lot of people. It's the thing, same thing with Rousey. Like Rousey fought people who didn't try to play to their strengths. They almost tried to beat Ronda Rousey at the game in which she had played for so long. With Chris Cyborg, you've got to be able to take her down. To have any semblance of success against her, you got to be able to take her down, or you got to be able to withstand a big punch. There aren't a lot of women that are able to do that. We know Holly Holm can, but to what degree can she anymore? In terms of this whole cyborg situation, did you hear what happened in Thailand? Somewhat, but, but run through it for the viewers. So for those that don't know, obviously Cyborg needs to be tested in between fights. And there were some testers that showed up in Thailand that were allegedly from Singapore that did not have their visa and paperwork done correctly to be allowed to come into the country uh, to conduct such tests. So with Cyborg being in a hotel under VAP status, um, they were supposed to come in and do the testing. And they were asking a lot of questions at the front desk uh, and then started knocking on Cyborg's door at 630 AM. Uh, that prompted security to get involved. The police got involved. Uh, and apparently these testers from Singapore representing USADA are in a bit of trouble. But Cyborg still submitted the tests. Still, you know, it was I think it was just urine tests that they were doing. So she still submitted them, but is like, man, what's going on over here? So she's trying to like not wash her hands of it, but at the same time, she's like, look, I submitted whatever they asked for, whether they were real or not. So apparently they were real peeps. But at the same time, didn't follow what they should be doing when conducting work in Thailand. And in Thailand, you don't mess around. When you go there to work or to do something, your paperwork better be in order, whether you're USADA, a rep, or not. So some some little controversy there. And it's always cyber. People are always saying cyber this, cyber that. But, hmm, yeah. And apparently, I yes. I sympathize with born. her in that situation because USADA has to follow protocol. They Stone have Osborne, to. You, you, or else everything is thrown into question. Yeah, Stone Osborne brings up the one point that I was going to fin- uh, finish off with. Apparently, these testers tried to pay off the cops. Ugh. So, yeah, there's some drama, kids. Some drama. I mean, what do you make of all this? I feel bad for Chris Cyborg given her history. 
because by all indications she wasn't doing anything wrong here. And maybe because of her history, they felt the need to get a little get a little antsy in their pantsies about things, and that shouldn't happen. <laughs> USADA has to follow protocol. When when two four year suspensions are at risk over stuff like this, then you have to follow protocol. You have to be honorable. And very little about what happened here was honorable or seemed to follow protocol. Yeah, it's it's a bit crazy. Now, to continue on the cyborg story, Ronda Rousey, um, Edmund, I mean, him the way he came out and said all that stuff there, obviously, pretty much anything Edmund says nowadays is just going to cause a God. massive firestorm. It's going to break the internet, at least the MMA internet, per se. Um I don't – is it a payday, Sean? Is that where his logic is right now? I th- that's what Misha Tate said, and I you know, I agree with her. And she, when Misha Tate is looking out for Ronda Rousey's best interests, you know there that's... is a larger villain involved in this situation. Joe, I've said this on a million different podcasts that we've done. All of Ronda Rousey's friends left Edmund. All of them. Not only that. Her mom. I mean, her mom. Her mom is like, mom. dude, this guy, I hate this guy. Get rid of this guy. How's Travis Brown done since he went there? Not very yeah. good. He used to have fantastic footwork. We saw a little bit of it in his last fight, which uh, Edmund wasn't in his corner. I- I've just seen it over and over and over again. I saw promising prospects reduced to very little at the hands of Edmund Tiverdian and his coaching. Is he? Would he be a good standalone striking coach or boxing coach? Maybe, perhaps. He can't captain that whole ship. He can't guide a career. I can say that with confidence having never met him because we've seen it. We saw him make Ronda Rousey believe that she was untouchable when she wasn't. She was very fortunate to get in there with a Betch Kohea who wanted to run her face into the fist of Ronda Rousey. She was very fortunate... To get in there with a cat Zingano who abandoned all sense of game plan. She was very fortunate in that regard. Now, she had the talent and the skills to get that done, but I don't know how much of that skill she learned from Edmund Tiverdian. How much of a skill did she learn from Edmund Tiverdian to lock on that, that awesome armbar on Zingano? How much did she land or learn from Edmund Tiverdian to land that wild punch that collapsed Betch Kohea? Very little. Now, we talked about this before, Sean, and I, I, I want the viewers to understand something here. Why? Why is Ronda not – for the sake of argument, Ronda wants to return to competition. We're going to go on that angle there. Let's say she does want to return to competition. Why is she not leaving Edmund when the world pretty much is at her disposal? I mean maybe she has. She's working on wrestling now, so maybe she has, but – I don't know how much MMA training she's doing these days. We don't know. We don't see it. It's not on her social media. Most of it has to do with uh, the recent uh, marriage with Travis Brown, uh, their new dog, and whatnot. So we're not seeing their whole lives. We don't she really wants see a seven-figure payday. She can walk back into the UFC tomorrow, though. Of course. Of course. Again, versus whom? Cyborg. Or whomever. Anybody. Uh, anybody. But at the same time, if she's going to prepare for a mixed martial arts fight... I think you a while ago had mentioned that you know the options that she has in California, she could stay 
in California. Oh yeah, she doesn't she have to it. go to American Top Team. She doesn't have to go to to TriStar. She doesn't have to go. Uh, well, she wouldn't go to Jackson Uncle John per se because Holly's there. But yeah, she's got options. Lots. No, of course, ever anybody would love to work with Ronda Rousey. Anybody would love to help contribute to her redemption story. I think if she came back, the fight to make would be Gina Carano or Misha Tate. And Misha Tate says that she wouldn't do it for seven figure payday. I get the feeling she would. But, yeah. And that headlines a pay per view on its own, no title matches, anything like that. That's a that's a main event, whether anybody wants to believe it or not. With Gina, either one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the Misha one would definitely be uh, a headliner, uh, and I'll give Misha the uh, the benefit of the doubt on that fight. Uh, even though she's been inactive, obviously since she's retired, uh, the Gina fight, I don't know if that could be re- that could be a reality. But again, seven figures. Yeah. Uh, Gina Carano's uh, acting career ain't going the way that she envisioned. It, it looked like it was going to because if you remember early on, Gina Carano was getting like some really awesome roles like Haywire, Haywire, Fast and Furious. Uh, there was the I think Heist movie, uh, Extraction. I think that or no, she I know she was in Deadpool, Extraction, the movie with uh, Bruce Willis. Uh, she was the, in Deadpool. Yeah, she was Angel Dust. Trying to remember. Okay, drawing a blank. And All then right, when sorry. they had announced the Kickboxer series, everybody thought the Kickboxer series was going to be something, and it wasn't. It made no noise. And since then, like she hasn't been in a lot. I know she's in an upcoming. She's in a comedy movie with uh, the guy from Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> so that that could be fun. But yeah. uh, you know, she's not in these big, 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 big movies anymore. And she's thirty-five years old and. Nobody would expect her to win that fight. I'm just saying, for a career move, do it. Why not? Can you guesstimate how much Gina Carano has made potentially in acting since she left the sport of mixed martial arts? I I could ask an Anna Bauert or a Jeff Hawkins that, and they would probably have a pretty good estimate. I, as far as the acting pay scale goes, I wouldn't know. The reason why I ask: so you have a potential fighter male or female, uh, that's competing in mixed martial arts, uh, even nowadays where the paydays aren't that good in combat sports, and then you could have an acting career instead that potentially could pay you more. Because acting, in my opinion, will always be there for you after your sports career. So it's a judgment of make the money now, get into acting now, and see what happens because if you fail as an actor, it doesn't mean you're always not, you're not going to get parts. You may need to go back to school, a college, university, get your acting skills up to par, and you could always do it. But as a professional fighter or a professional athlete, your window to be in your prime is in your youth, your 20s and 30s. Yeah, that's very true. But uh, as as it pertains to Gina Carano, one fight, that's it. Probably probably a minute long. No, she's tougher than that. She ain't lasted more than a minute with Ronda Rousey. I'll put money on that. Uh, you know what? I'll say two minutes, rather. Two I'll minutes. put money on that. I would, too. I mean, it ain't going to happen, so whatever. <laughs> I'll put as much money as you want. But I would be very surprised if she would last two minutes with Ronda Rousey after having not fought in eight years and barely trained. Give me a second. I'm just texting Jimmy Van because you said as much money as I want. I'm going to get a loan real quick. Sorry. 
Okay, I mean, <laughs> he'd kidding. probably be fa- financing both ends. Yeah, yeah. He'll he'll make like money off of both of us. And he's gonna be uh, the bookie. Um, so this this OSP Von Flu choke thing. <laughs> yes. It still is ridiculous. A few days later. Yes, to the most for the most part, yes. And I've had some conversations with some peeps, and down the line, um, they've told me flat out, I'm either it's almost like I'm a pro Sean. I, I, I'm with Team Sean Rossap. I'm with Team Showdown Joe. It's fifty fifty, and the conversations I'm having, it's it always boils down to, it's a stupid move to get submitted to in professional MMA. But then the question comes up, well, is it really a stupid move nowadays when the the, the game has changed, and you got guys like OSP that just know how to or that that bait people into setting it up, and that when the opportunity presents itself, almost gives them a no way out. It's well, like any. The, the, the situation can't present itself unless the dude screws up. I'll put it like this, Joe. We've had dozens of fighters at my gym, mainly amateur. In training, in fights, in competition, after the first time they've ever been caught with it, do you know how many times afterwards they, they're caught with it? None. We have never had a fighter in training, in competition, in a fight, get tapped with a Von Flu choke because they try it once when they're they're in their first week. They try to hold on to that guillotine. They get Von Flued. The coach says, okay, let go of that next time. It doesn't work. And it never happens again. OSP can be really good at executing them, but the fact that they're happening in general, the fact that he's got opponents that go flat back on a guillotine attempt, or get a guillotine attempt, and retain, and then go flat back. There's no game-changing to that. that. I mean, there's a devolving there, like... But Elias agreed with me. It was stupid. Here's Elias. <laughs> you give your all to all you do. Don't settle for less from your Speaking of fighting in the future, I've been to Japan on numerous occasions, and I know what it's like to be in the future, trying to talk to some people back here at home. UFC had their event in Japan, and of course, in the main event, Ovin St. Pru locks in his third Von Flu choke. They're, they want to call it the Von Pru choke now, but what do you make of this? I mean, Sean Ross Sapp on the show was adamant, even on social media, that it's stupid for guys to get submitted with this, and my, my you know... My rebuttal was like, look, man, this guy's setting it up quite nicely. And once he traps the arm and traps the hand, it, they can't get it out. What's your take on this? I'd say it's both. Um, I think um, I think he is setting it up properly. But if you get caught with a guy that now has done it three times, then you are stupid. That's basically it. <laughs> I can totally get what you're saying. Um <laughs> Gokensaki made his uh, UFC debut. It was only his second mixed martial arts fight. Uh, obviously a thunderous puncher, very powerful, but started fading away. Uh, and, you know, the Silva could have did something with that, but he didn't, and instead he got knocked out. What was your take on, on uh, the Turkish Tyson's uh, debut? No, he did fantastic. Um, the Silva took way too many hits in the sense of before he even tried a, a reasonable game plan. Like, he should have... You know, gone for a single leg, put him on his back, and that should have been it. Um, but when your ego, I guess, is involved, uh, you know, 
they talk about him being the Turkish uh, Mike Tyson. I, I tweeted the perfect clip uh, or picture of Homer Simpson getting knocked out by Mike Tyson uh, in The Simpsons. That's what it ended up becoming. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and, 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 and one more thing is uh, Gokhan was uh, very um, – Osaki was very, uh, very open about his uh, cardio, and he was very – um, you know, honest about what he thought was the pros and cons. So, hey, he is, if he is, one of the biggest troubles of a mixed martial or a martial artist coming from a different sport into mixed martial arts is them being, a, them being comfortable with being a novice again. I know a lot of people that have, you know, come from kickboxing that don't want to feel like a beginner um, in jiu-jitsu or wrestling. So if his ability is to, if he, he'd be serious about, being a student again, he, he has a lot of, lot of uh, success ahead of him. Quick question for you uh, as, as we say goodbye here. I'm thinking of, of you as a mixed martial artist under the UFC promotions banner. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you see other fighters from the UFC going over to Bellator as an example. Lorenz Larkin is now 0-2 in Bellator. And you got guys like Ben Askren saying, you know, uh, a UFC top 10 welterweight is 0-2 in Bellator. There are some, there's some talent outside of the UFC. Uh, when you see a fighter from the UFC competing or formerly of the UFC competing in Bellator, is there something in you saying you got to win, you got to win, you got to win, or just let the chips fall where they may? Well, it's not me. So I assume let the chips fall for the, where they may, uh, except for Rory. Um, no, I, I, I would say that 170 with a little asterisk on the Askren uh, uh, comment is the idea that 170 is their best division and 205. So, um, you know, whether a 155 or, you know, five, like, you know, the top five 155s or the top five 185s, would they make a splash in um, the UFC? Not too many. you got the exceptions of the rule. Chandler, uh, well, not Chandler. Um, uh, either way, uh, Musasi at 185, blah, 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 blah. So there are exceptions to the rule, but, you know, whether it's brand name or just size of the roster you'll see still the boss i am a genius just because two guys are ass clowns doesn't make them both geniuses well i know that three guys in the ufc are ass clowns and that's why they got submitted with a goddamn von flu choke <laughs> absolutely uh we can argue till we're blue in the face uh, I completely concur that it's a it's it's a submission that just shouldn't be taking place. But you know, in, in anything like, what is your go to submission when you train? What's the one thing that you arm always triangle. go for? Arm triangle. Arm triangle. Yeah, is it arm. safe to say that you've caught people with it over and over again? Yeah. Same training partners over and over again. Yeah, but they can't put themselves in the move. I mean, they can, but they never do. They never ever do. I got what you're saying. If someone, if you're mounted on someone and they start doing this to you, I'm pushing their arm over and I'm going for it. But Joe, like they don't like that's the thing, Joe. Like it's a conscious effort. Like there's no offensive benefit of holding on to that guillotine from the position that they're getting getting it turned into the the von flu. Like none, none. I got you. Not a I gotcha. one. You can't submit. You can't tap anybody from there. <laughs> what the hell just fell over here? <laughs> I don't know. 
<laughs> Sean Ross Sapp is losing his mind, and he's just throwing stuff around uh, in his home office. Give him a follow online, at Sean Ross Sapp, yours truly, at Showdown Joe. Give us some love, at Fightful Online, at Fightful MMA. Uh, we got a, we got an Instagram page. we got lots of stuff on Twitter. Just give us some love. Tell a friend. Why aren't you guys telling friends? Why? You guys in the live chat, I love you. You guys are here every week. Tell a friend. Tell two friends. Tell your girls. Tell your husbands. Tell whatever. Your, according to Sean, your cats, your dogs, your yeah. canaries, your, your ferrets, whatever. They can sign in. Technology's moving. We're good. Go in you know your backyard. Po- dig up your cat you buried when you were a child. Disturbing. Tell it to visit Fightful.com. You know what we're not going to be able to visit? Hmm. We can't go cage side, get our seats, get our credentials to enjoy Paige Van Zandt and Jessica I scrapping it out. It's unfortunate Paige Van Zandt uh, allegedly has a back injury. Uh, I won't say allegedly. I believe it's probably the case. Uh, But that was a fight a lot of people were looking forward to. I, technically, to keep her job. And Paige Van Zandt because she brings in numbers. Jessica I has been doing a lot of other stuff, too. I think she's kind of seen over the last three years. Like This MMA thing might not last forever. So she's kind of like stepped out, and she's done some like videos I've seen. She's done some work with uh, a few different like like it was one where she had to train these girls who found out what it was like to be MMA fighters for like two months or something like that. So she stepped out. She's done a little bit of stuff like that, but this was her chance because you know the the story was the same in all those losses to Davis, Tate, Pena. Uh, McMahon, Kohea, it was, well, what if there was a 125 division? What if there was a 125 division? And that has been the excuse for like four years now for Jessica yep. I is, well, there's no 125 division. This is going to be her opportunity and her opportunity to do it against a pretty good 115 uh, fighter who, uh, top 10 115 fighter who was moving up. So that's Who had issues making the weight because of obviously an eating disorder. Yeah. So it's, it was a, a fight that would have done very well for that division. A lot of eye- This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The balls in that division. It's going to get more popular uh, with the conclusion of the Ultimate Fighter, um, which I'm, I'm full disclosure. I've got them all recorded on my PVR slash DVR, and I've yet to watch one. I think I should start watching it before we get to that finale. Yeah, there's been a lot of finishes, so I'm gonna I'm gonna check. I'm gonna binge and check them all out. That way, That's I get I like kind do. of a fresh perspective on the finals and who's in it. Claudia Gadea, after her loss, her, her devastating loss to Jessica Andrade, winning that first round the way she did, only to get pummeled and destroyed and demolished in rounds two and three, has decided to take a break. Are you buying this take a break thing, or is it just simply, you know, a fighter that's that's obviously, you know, her spirits are down because she lost. Um, and it's just going to take a couple of weeks off and then get that hunger back to jump back on that MMA horse and get back in the gym and right the wrong that she may have felt. I think after that beating, it's a good idea. 
I think it's a very good idea. She's 28 years old. She <clears throat> she's fought you know, she fought three times in a year, and not only that, she she just took a lot of violence in that last fight. And really, over the past oh I don't know 14 months in particular, four fights in 14 months, it's quite a bit, especially when one of them is a lopsided beating to Jessica Andrade, and the other one is a five round fight with Joanna Jacek. And then one of those fights include, also was a, a decision against Courtney Casey. She won that. She won against Carolina very quickly. But I think that it's a good idea. It's a very good idea. She had the benefit of over that 14-month period, Joe. She had a title fight, and she had three fight night bonuses. So that's also very good because she can sit there and kind of relax a little bit knowing that she's got that extra 150000 in her back pocket. I know that she makes a $100,000 base pay. So she probably made close to eight, 900000 off of that, not including her outside the cage sponsors, whatever she might make from coaching. She's doing all right financially. So good for her. Take some time. You're 28 years old. Take that time. Heal up. I don't think she'll do it. I think she'll take. I, I think you're right. I think she'll racist. take that time off. <laughs> Who's a racist? You think because she's Brazilian, she's not going to take any time off? I know what you're getting at here. <laughs> not even close. Oh, speaking of that topic, though, uh, are you buying this Jessica Andrade angle that you don't have to leave Brazil to get better? I'm just kind of like I, I I brush it off. I'm like you just got to stop. It has nothing to do with her leaving Brazil. It's just. You can get the greatest mixed martial arts training pretty much in, in the vast majority of countries in, on this planet. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them. Just because you're from Brazil and you want to leave doesn't mean you're a bad Brazilian. No, it doesn't mean you're a bad Brazilian. I think you can get great training there and great training anywhere. I'd say it's a little more difficult to get great wrestling training there. But um, I think you can get outstanding top-level training there. If you want to make it easier on yourself... Las Vegas seems to be the spot now. UFC's made it quite easy for people these days, to their credit. I wish I lived in Las Vegas, because the heat, the heat thing they were having right now here in Toronto has been unbelievable. We had no summer, virtually no summer, and for the past week, we've had basically thirty-seven to forty degrees Celsius weather. Yeah, my friend, which, my friend Amanda Rafeman did the, uh, I think that's how I pronounce her name, did the conversion for me. Something like 100 degrees Fahrenheit, 103, I believe. A dam. A dam is correct because this guy, all he wanted to do was put up that damn pool in the backyard. The one that I had that I sliced open with my scissors because it had 16 holes. We went out and bought a new one. Really good deal. A bigger pool. One that I physically have to put together, not just blow up and let the water raise the rim. And we decided, you know what, let's not do it this year. Let's not do it because the summer's been garbage. Well, for the past <laughs> two weeks, Sean, or at least week and a half, we had an amazing, amazing run of extremely hot weather. And apparently within two more days from now, it's going to go back to normal temperatures and it's going to be cold. I can't go – how do we go from 104 degrees Fahrenheit uh, to minus 25 in about two or three months? Like it's going to be crazy. It's Only hell. in Canada. Hell. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Stone Osborne, 103 in Canada. <laughs> Jerk. Well, well, Jerk. Hell, will hell freeze over? Uh, is is that what it's going to take for Chuck Liddell to come back? No, it's going to take about six figures. I think it'll take maybe seven, close to seven. 
I don't want to see it, though. I, I'll watch, but I don't want to see it. Why? My favorite part is him, like, every time he works with a company, he's like, yeah, they always come up to me like, oh, we got this new idea. It's a Legends fight. And he's like, yeah, great new idea. I've been talked to about that by, like, everybody. Yeah, great, great idea. Legends tour. Never heard of that one before. No, not at all. I, I don't seem to understand. <sighs> My worst fear is that he's financially got issues. Hopefully he doesn't. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, who wants him? Other than the hardest of hardcore Chuck Liddell fans, who wants to see him come back? I mean, people will want to see him come back, Joe. People watch Dada versus Kimbo. People tuned in for that. People tuned in for Gracie versus Shamrock. People will no, watch it. I did say who will watch it. Who wants him to come back? Fools. Bellator. <laughs> oh, Stone Osborne. Suck it, Rampage. Rubber match. Oh, my God. Rampage would murder him. Yeah. Murder him. Chuck and Tito. Chuck and Tito? You know, the, here's the thing. I fully believe Tito would slaughter Chuck Liddell, but for whatever reason, Tito doesn't... I don't know if Tito doesn't believe in himself. I don't know what the deal is. He wants no parts of that, even though that would be the biggest money fight of his... of his Maybe ever. It might be a bigger money fight now for him than it was back then, which is funny to think, but... Biacom will pay. Chuck versus Hoist. Oh, Chuck's winning that. Chuck Chuck's, versus Chael. Chael. Chael wins that. Chael takes him down and lays on him. Chuck versus Vanderlei. You know, <laughs> anything's possible. Anything's possible. Because I get the feeling they've done about the same amount of training lately. Can you imagine that fight gets put together and Chuck KOs him? Yeah. People would lose their minds. They would lose their marbles. He'd get another six-figure payday coming his way, too. Yeah, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see that sudden fight get put together. You know, and see sudden trying to rip him apart because Chuck won't have any of that. What the takedown? Oh, come on now. He ain't no, no. stopping a Chael Sonnen takedown these days. No, I'm saying the trash talk beforehand. Oh yeah, well I don't know, man. Chuck won't have any part of it, but he is. is are his faculties all there when it comes to trash talking? I don't know. You know what he'll say? Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna knock you out. Yep, 100. percent I'm gonna knock you out. That's what I'm coming to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock you out. That's all he's gonna say. Yeah. So true, very true. I'd like to see that. That was actually UFC 79. That was the first UFC event that I was credentialed at. Wow. GSP took on Matt Hughes. Yeah, it was uh, Vanderlei Silva, Chuck Liddell. I'll tell you in about two seconds. No, the date isn't on there. Anyways, UFC. Yeah, UFC 79. That was my first credentialed. UFC event. Was, uh, that was back in the days when myself and a friend could earn money by betting frat bros on fights that they were airing on like UFC Unleashed because they didn't know they were old. No way. Oh, That's boy. the oldest trick in the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did back they eventually the catch on? I don't know. I was a... I can't. I wasn't in a fraternity, but my friend who constantly did it was, and it was his dudes. So I don't know if they ever caught on to it. Wow, that is the oldest trick. That's <laughs> one, one thing I've always wanted to ask you. Um, so a lot of these online bookies and sports books have bets 
on WWE content. Not anymore, they don't. Not after a dude I've took them for a ton of money recently. Who's that? A guy took them for a ton of money recently. Dude, like that is staged entertainment. Well, also the way that it is is the betting lines are so ridiculous. Like, like I'm talking like minus nine thousand and stuff like that. So yeah, you got to have a lot of coin on you to even make the bets. But there have been a couple times where WWE sees the betting lines and then switches their finishes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because when I first saw that, like you cannot put any lines on anything that is staged uh, and or predetermined. The purpose of lines is, is to obviously to have a um, – on an event that, that can't be scripted, unpredictability, right? Well, and the thing is, it usually the lines move heavily about an hour before the show. The smart money comes in, mm-hmm. and people know who's going to win these. These, and sometimes WWE will see it and they'll just change it. But yeah, that's that's why the lines are so ridiculous. Like, if there was a minus nine hundred line in MMA, you'd be like, "Whoa, that's a little too much for almost anybody." But in pro wrestling, it's like they'll they'll go like minus three, four thousand. Just because, you know, it is scripted entertainment, but anything can happen. Hey, like, Big Cass tore his ACL in the middle of a match. Ooh. He immediately yeah. loses that match, even though maybe he was favored to win in the betting lines. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, when Matt Brown makes an announcement that's his retirement... Did the betting line move? Did it not move? Uh, but his fight versus Diego Sanchez will be his goodbye, his farewell. He will hang up the gloves. Uh, Matt Brown has provided us with copious amounts of entertainment during his mixed martial arts career, especially uh, during his UFC tenure, starting back from the Ultimate Fighter uh, up until, I mean, that Eric Silva fight will always be one uh, that, that I'm reminded about, that Robbie Lawler fight. Uh, the guy has done so much in the sport up and down, wins and losses, doesn't matter. When Matt Brown signs a contract, you you are expected. You are going to see a fantastic, just gong show of a fight. Uh, technical per se, but just an absolute thrill fest. I mean, what say you? What are you expecting from Matt Brown versus Diego Sanchez, despite the fact he is saying, this is my last fight? I expect them to go after an extra $50,000. And it'll it'll be it'll be sad. I was not a fan of Matt Brown. I thought it was a little odd that he got the shot on the Ultimate Fighter being seven and six. I thought it was a little odd that he was kept in the UFC even though he got tapped out three straight times, lost four or five, and then I started to really appreciate Matt Brown when he went on that killer tear. That yeah. 2012 to 2014 tear where he was obliterating guys, like in the middle rounds, too. Then he knocked out Mike Pyle, and then I got to see his fight against Eric Silva, and I was there for that fight. So that weekend, it was in Cincinnati. That's not really his hometown or anything, but it's it's kind of the closest we had to a to a home guy there. That same weekend was the weekend that Aroldis Chapman returned after getting hit in the face with a line drive in spring training. And the place went nuts at Great American Ballpark. Now, I know closed environment versus open environment. That was deafening. 
the reaction to Matt Brown winning this fight was one of the loudest things I've ever heard in my entire life. I believe it. I mean, Eric Silva kept catching catching uh, Matt Brown with what I call the pants shitter kicks over and over again, and that has been the blueprint to beat uh, Matt Brown is hitting, uh, kicking him to the body. And Eric Silva went there and went there and went there. That was one of the most fun fights I've ever seen, one of the loudest fights I've ever seen. It was, it was an honor to watch that fight. It was great. I highly encourage anybody to uh, go there. As Pat Fanon pointed out, First appearance of the Chuck Liddell mascot guy, who I absolutely thought the UFC should have just signed up or bought that suit from. That should have been their mascot. But uh, that's, how, that's what and how I'll remember Matt Brown, because after that fight, you could have put him in a title fight. Instead, they put him in the, the Robbie Lawler fight where he missed weight, which is a bummer, but all things considered, probably a good thing if he missed weight that he didn't get a title fight. But that was a great fight. And after that, he's just never been the same. And that's unfortunate. True. But kudos to his career. I mean, the guy he always brought us uh, excitement. Um, speaking of excitement, speaking of absolute killers, speaking of people that I would never want to lace up the gloves with or, or tape, my, tape my hands and put a mouth guard in and look across the ring or the cage or the mat, even for a sparring session – uh, despite the fact I weigh, I'm going to go 60, no, 50 pounds more than her, 55 pounds more than her at times, especially after a long weekend. Johanna Jacek, uh and her plans at 125 pounds. You likey? Yeah, and she says that she wants to defend her, she wants to break Ronda Rousey's record. I like that she has goals to attain in that division, too. Yeah, if I'm Andraj, I try to get the winner of tough. I try to do that, but Valentina's dropping down, so maybe she gets it. But Joanna, that would that would mean a maybe, oh, I don't know, July International Fight Week time for Joanna Janjacek to become the first woman to do what Conor McGregor did and hold two titles. I think that's a hell of a sell for International Fight Week. If she's able to beat Rose who can beat anybody at any given time, mind you, and is able to defend her championship again. And then one of the big sales pitches of International Fight Week is, can Ioana make history? That adds some intrigue. That adds some drama. I like it. I like the fact that she has goals. I like the fact that she has goals in another division as well. It's She's, she's very smart, and she's one step ahead. Can she do, because it'll definitely do this, we all know that Johanna Jacek would be more than happy to fight every two months. She's just nuts. We'll, we'll yeah. say every three months. Okay, Let's just give her a break and, um, and basically go and, and sort of take some time off and vacation and then get back into the gym. Should she become the strawweight and flyweight champion for ladies mixed martial arts in the UFC between winning the titles and defending the titles – over and, over and over again, she can catch up pretty quickly to Anderson Silva and Demetrius Johnson's current record, which is tied with Demetrius potentially moving that ahead to 11 versus Ray Borg uh, at UFC 216. Johanna can actually put her name on that record book as well. Yes. Yeah. And uh, cool, man. I, th I think she's the greatest female fighter ever. Ever at this point. Like, better than Fuji. Uh, better than Cyborg, better than uh, than Rousey. I think she is the best. 
I think she's the most decorated. I think she is the technically most sound. I think she is the best ever. Who else could compare? Especially with Just the cyborg. level of talent that she's fought. I, I know you said Megami Fujii, but... That's it. To me. Cyborg, to me, is... is cyborg... Okay, so I... I can we say one and one A for now? Because Cyborg didn't have the opportunities that Johanna had in the UFC until recently. Oh, come on now. She had the opportunities. I understand that, but it never came to fruition. It's her own and fault. It it's is her, her own, own fault. fault, and that's a big yeah. part of it. Like, like am I going to sit here and say that, that Ben Askren is as great as GSP because he didn't want to fight better guys? Or didn't want to stay somewhere where he could fight better guys. It was a financial decision for him. And for Cyborg, this was a financial decision. I mean, Ronda Rousey signed a bout agreement to fight Chris Cyborg in 2013. Like, Carmouche was supposed to be Cyborg. That was supposed to happen. And then a year later, Cyborg said, I'm cutting to 135. And the UFC said, hell yeah, we got you on contract. Let's do it. Let's go. It didn't happen. For, For whatever reason, it didn't happen doesn't matter to me whether it was her fault, whether it was anybody else's fault. But I can't, like, say that she's better than Joanna based on a hypothetical. Like, I can't do that. Like, Lena Landsberg ain't getting it done for me. Lena Landsberg and Charmaine Tweed. I love Charmaine Tweed. She's a sweet woman. Uh, Faith, no. Marlus Kunin is still the... And maybe Tanya Evinger are the best people she's ever beaten. That's it. Joanna's beaten like Andrade and Carolina and Claudia Gedalia and all these women who you look at and you're like, oh damn. Oh damn. I'm not going to sit here and debate this with you because you Why are not? Correct. That's what we're here for. You are No, you're correct. I know I am. I know you I are am. bang on. Joanna beat I, Rosie Sexton before she got to the UFC. And I mean, it was a Pastor Prime Rosie Sexton, but Pastor Prime Rosie Sexton is better than most of the people that that Cyborg fought. So I guess my comparison and my the way I look at it, and I, I understand your Ben Askren analogy. Yeah. I look at Cyborg, and I, and what I see when she competes is a destroyer, despite the caliber of competition. See, I look at Ben Askren, and I think to myself, Ben's a great wrestler. He's a fantastic fighter. He's dominant. He does what he needs to do. But I think in the welterweight division, he would have a difficult time doing that to the upper echelon guys uh, over his career in the UFC. Can he do it? Probably be a bit more difficult. Cyborg, in my opinion, is just something about her that put her up against any woman, and it's a fight. And Cyborg can win that fight. Sure. Whereas Ben potentially could win that fight, but at the same time, there's guys in the UFC that would give Ben just would make a pay for going for those takedowns. Fun fact: Joanna has beat women that were on the 135 and 125 season of the Ultimate Fighter, but not the 115. Wait, well, I mean, kind of she did. I, I, th- I think I'd have Jessica. to look back. Yeah, Jessica. Je- yeah, Penny. But not the. Uh... Yeah, she was on that, wasn't she? Yeah. Well, I, I thought that. Oh, okay, yeah, there was that too. God, man, that's impressive. Carla Sparza. Carla Sparza, yeah, that's true. I completely forgot about that. So, yeah, 115. Welcome. Hell, look at this, ladies and gentlemen, tuning in right now, listening. This is, look at Sean Rossap. He's going through what I go through on a freaking daily basis where periods of, of mixed martial arts history is just, it's, a, it's in a yeah. different box. It's somewhere else. Uh, well, uh, dude, 
I'm telling you. I'm t- I've told this story before. I'm telling you. There was one, when it first hit me was years ago when I was with Sportsnet and I was walking to my desk and there was a, an intern sitting at his desk as I was walking to mine and on the left hand side of the screen was Josh Koscheck versus Tiago Alves. Yeah. And I walked by and I saw him. I stopped and the guy looked over. He's like, "Oh my God, Showdown Joe, I love your show. I'm your biggest fan." I'm like, hey, how's it going, brother? Blah blah. How you doing? What are you doing here? Blah blah. And I'm paying attention. Then you slipped him the twenty dollars. No, no, no. I'm sitting there and I'm watching the fight. I'm literally, bro, watching the fight on the screen thinking, oh, man, this this, this would have been a great fight and blah, blah. I'm like, I wonder who won this fight. I'm like, oh, I got to get some work done. I got to get – I got to type up a voiceover. I get to my desk and I'm like, oh, my God, when did this fight take place? And I typed it in, clicked enter, and I'm like, Jesus, mother of all things holy. I was there. I covered that fight. I saw it live. I did a full recap on that fight. I don't remember that fight whatsoever. And there's many. There's times you and I break down fights here, and before we come on the air, I'm like, you need to go online and double-check everything because you think you know this fighter, you may not. Double-check. And I have to go just kind of jog my memory again. So, yeah, I know what you're feeling, bro. I've been there. Happens all the time. So as I look, uh, beat Letourneau, who was on the 135 season, uh, beat Gosh, who was who was the woman I interviewed recently that was on the one twenty five or the one fifteen? She's beaten women across like all of them except for I think the one twenty five season. Maybe that's what it is. But uh, also Jessica Panay, who was an atom weight champion, beat her. It's pretty decorated, in my opinion. Pretty yeah. decorated. What else do we got? Anything that we have? Because I mean, today's today's kind of a short show. Yeah. Are you sad that there's no event this weekend? No, because Alex is going to be out of town, so I'm I'm you know, rocking it solo. I rock it solo most weekends, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's I'm hoping for kind of a quiet weekend. But even on quiet weekends, Fightful has exclusives and everything up. So there you it's go. these types of weekends that basically there's some sort of breaking story happens. Yep, that just gets us all riled up. And on I'm a, hoping on a Friday so- at like. 5.15 when I've just made a trip to go out to dinner. Dude, don't even start with that. Don't even start with that. happens. All, you're right. You're so bang on. It happens all the time. I just want something to happen crazy uh, before Friday. So my video for Friday will be that because I, I can't do a Fun Bets article this week or Fun Bets uh, video this week. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to a nice little weekend. Uh, I mean I'm, I'm golfing for the first time this year on Sunday. Ooh. Yes, with a bum shoulder, by the way. A bum shoulder. I don't know what I did. Hurt myself again. So we'll see. You ever get that feeling in your shoulder, in your trap, that it's got a crack? Dude, I have had, for the past five years, I have not gotten surgery. I have, like, my shoulders are completely messed up. I know I got bursitis. All messed up. Yep, I got mild bursitis, both of them. This one, I think, was from a Kimura or a Hammerlock. This one was from a No, this one was from from baseball, throwing a ball. I thought it was Juan. Remember Juan Guzman? Juan Guzman, Yeah. You remember Juan Guzman's delivery at times, how he used to hide his arm behind his back, yeah. roll the wrist, and then come across the shoulder? Yeah. Well, I thought I was Juan Guzman, and I started practicing that till I threw out my shoulder. The next day, I worked out, and I was doing flies. Cuckoo. Idiot. That's why Juan Guzman didn't last past 32. Bingo. He was so, a great pitcher. Oh, he was amazing, man. Jay's world champion, man. With the I, remember, with him. I was a big fan of those teams. 
Uh, mine both happened in a car wreck and have never Ooh. been fixed. And I was like, I can't take the time to do that. Hansa Pat Fannin just said they have. Do they have baseball in Canada? We're gonna have a fight. There's mm. gonna be a fight. Mm. Would you like to let him know what your experience was like at the Rogers Center when the Jays won in extra innings? Was it, was it extra a, innings or bottom of the ninth? It was extra innings. It was one of the greatest, greatest experiences of my life. Somebody says, how about the Ray Borg uh, interview in MMA Hour? He said that weight cutting wasn't a part of the issue. Sure. <laughs> Whatever, man. I almost got myself in trouble with a tweet today. I was going to do it, and I thought maybe Sean or Jimmy might get mad at me. But they might actually you know, throw gasoline on my fire. You tell me. Patricky Pitbull saying he deserves the next title shot versus Brett Primus. And I was going to retweet it and just say, hashtag cute. No. Well, Chandler I mean, gets that title shot. Yeah, Chandler gets the title shot. Will get the title shot. Uh, Primus is having a kid, so they're, Bellator's kind of – Pumping the brake on that right now, but I mean, I can see why Patricky would lay claim to it. He's won four of his last five. He beat uh, Josh Thompson and Ben Henderson back to back, but also last year he got knocked out for his opportunity, and then a couple years before that he got beat by Marcin Held when he had a chance to get that title, and then two years before that he lost in the opening round when he had a chance to get that opportunity. And then, oh wait, a year before that, he lost in the finals when he had an opportunity to get a shot at that title. So that's that's what you can say about all these guys that have been in Bellator for a long time. He's had four cracks to get to that championship. Four. And two of those times, Michael Chandler has stood in his way and defeated him. So it's hard for me to say that he can jump the line, especially in the manner in which Chandler lost. So I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a title shot. No, he does, but not over Michael Chandler. No, not in my opinion. Did it, When Michael Chandler and Brent fought, did the injury happen because of Brent? Or because no. Michael just... Right? Hell no. No That's matter what, I'm what he says. No matter what he says. Yeah, and, and the fact that Chandler is an absolute nutcase pleading with the doctor saying, no, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Bro, yeah, you're not good. No, you're not good. I've busted my ankle three times, two on one side, one on the other. I knew off right off the bat. You rolled that thing, and it sucks. So no, you weren't good. But I believe he does deserve. And he's chirping. He's chirping. He wants that title shot now. Yeah, he should want it now. He should right? want it now. Good for him. Yeah, if I were Bellator, I would throw Patricky in there against somebody in the meantime who. Can give him a fight, but you know, just just to keep him warm. I think that's that's a fine one to do. Uh, what, who's the uh, Yamuchi? Yeah, Yamuchi was a that, there's oh, one to, to put him in there with. I would love to see that fight. I mean, Yamuchi is like five, six out of his last seven, and he's been around in Bellator for four years. It's not like they can't say that he's too new. Put him in there, sure. Why not? And then the winner of that can fight. The winner of Premise Chandler. I'm down for that. C. Phoenix wants to know would GSP versus Connor be considered a super fight? Le- yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are always those people that are like, oh, it's got to be champion versus champion. I didn't personally consider GSP versus BJ Penn a super fight in my mind. I didn't think BJ Penn stood a chance in the world 
at defeating at beating uh, GSP. But I, I would consider it a super fight. But the people's definitions of that are very loose. Yeah, it's definitely a super fight in my eyes. Belts or no belts uh, whatsoever. Uh, what's your take on my tournaments article? I'm a fan of tournaments. Huge. I'm a fan of them. And I've always said, Joe, like, even like low-key tournaments without telling people their tournaments. Like the UFC just like subconsciously, okay, we have these eight heavyweights. But yes. Yes. And if we just follow this path, somebody's going to win three in a row and we're going to have a guy that can slide in no matter what. Like we're going to have that. I think that should be that type of booking should be employed a little bit more. Like run the heavyweight card, the 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 all heavyweight main card. Don't do it at high elevation. Whatever you do, <laughs> run that card and see how it goes, man. Sure, you can do that with every division, Sean. You yeah. can do that on every card. This will be our welterweight and our flyweight card. You can do it with sixteen or thirty-two at lightweight, right? Uh, have you ever heard of that organization way back in the day used to take place in Japan? I think they were called Pride, if I'm not mistaken. They Pride had some FC. Success doing that, yeah. Just a little success, you know. You know, God love Ryzen and yes, choosing my uh, words correctly. To be correctly. fair, to be fair, there was a company named Bellator that didn't. To be fair, Bellator, in my opinion, and even this show here, I didn't want to tweet it out because I don't like taking shots at, at production companies in general. The one thing I want to say, Bellator, like Bellator, your graphics package is fantastic. I love your graphics package. The only – and I'm talking – it's still an A+. Even with what I'm about to say, it's still an A+. The only thing I was hoping that they would do, and it goes back to just because I wrote my tournament article before the event. Yeah. Okay? The one thing that Bellator could do during their broadcast is it's it's you, people don't notice these things, but if you look at their clock on the bottom left of the screen, all they had to do they had plenty of real estate to because they would flash the names blue glove, red glove, take away the name, just leave the names there. Yeah. That way, fans who don't know who these fighters are will be constantly reminded. Who, who the person in the red glove is, who the person in the blue glove is. Because your job is to build stars. As a promotion, you're there to build stars no matter what, whether they're competing in the main event or they're competing on the prelims. That's my only knock on this Bellator card is that you just – it's such a small amount of real estate, Sean, that you can actually put – the names up there, and you, and it's what's called opacity. Uh, for those that, that know anything about video editing, it's called opacity, where you can take the color and blend it at like seventy percent, fifty percent, so it's still kind of see-through and not bam in your face. So back in the day when Bellator had their tournaments, this is where I'm going at. When Bellator had their tournaments, it still wasn't enough for people to understand what was happening in these tournaments because their graphics didn't showcase it. Yeah, it, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You take a look at March Madness. You take a look at the NHL playoffs. You take a look at the NFL, the road to the Super Bowl. You could see the bracket format and where everybody, where it goes from eight to four to two to your finalists with your champion underneath. You keep flashing that in people's eyes during a broadcast. You take that graphic and you put it on your website People at any one point in time that are thinking, what's happening with this welterweight tournament? What's happening with this middleweight tournament? Blah, 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 can go to your website and see exactly who's advanced, 
who's an alternate, and whatnot. Now, am I giving away something that I that I that I had presented to UFC Canada back in the day? Partially, but this was something I came up with a long time ago, and I had to get I put this business plan together explaining to them how simple it could be to build Canadian stars, and you could continue to do that right across the globe with all of your television partners. And then the Ultimate Fighter went. Yep. Yep. Also on Twitter, I'm seeing Daniel Cormier telling Frank Mir he's going to kick his ass again when he sees him. Apparently this stems from Frank Mir making fun of Daniel Cormier when he cried. I mean, Frank Mir makes fun of a lot of people for weird things. Like, he made fun of Brock Lesnar for having big pecs. And I'm like, well, you know, that's the nature of that dude. He was a pro wrestler for a long time. It's very disadvantageous for an MMA fighter or a tennis player or a boxer to have because you're throwing punches, but I mean, the punches that landed on him from Brock Lesnar worked pretty fine. I don't remember Daniel Cormier crying after he beat up Frank Mir, which you can't always use that argument, but Daniel Cormier's upset about it, so hey. Yeah, got it. What else is going on? That's it. We got Fightful.com exclusives all week long. We got the list and your boy tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Of course, myself and Joe did a recap on the UFC Japan show and the Bellator 183 show this weekend. You can check that out at FightfulPods.com. We're going to have contests running at Fightful.com on the forums all the time now. I want you all over there talking to me on those forums. All you got to do is post a thread, then go to our contest thread and write entered, and you are entered into our contest that we'll be running all the time. All kinds of stuff coming up on the docket up soon, but uh, head over to Fightful.com where we have lists of events, photos, videos, results, interviews, news, everything you want. And if we don't have it, let us know in the forums and we'll try to get it. Love it. Absolutely dig it. I'm going to have two articles and a video later this week. Uh, may not have it tomorrow. May have to double up, double down. Uh, we, we may, we have... Some of them may get pushed to this weekend since there are no events. Yes, I was just going to say that. Yep. Uh, tomorrow I am off-site. Uh, and with, that's it, Sean. With me saying I'm off-site tomorrow, you know some shit's going to go down. And I'm not going to be anywhere near my office, my computer, and all I'm going to have is my phone. And Sean Rossap and Jimmy Van are like, Joe, 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 Joe. Oh, they don't do that. I'm just saying. But, oh, my God. Come here. And I'm like, oh, I'm not even close to my city. So I'm off-site tomorrow morning from 9.30 a.m. probably till about 4 p.m. Uh, taking care of some other business stuff. But uh, just my luck, Sean. Just my luck. I can't Please. wait for John Jones to be exonerated tomorrow while you are out of town. That's what will happen. I will sob. That's I will legitimately it. sob. That's how it goes I'll, down. I'll drive home. Yes, you're right. The liquidity never ends, bro. Never ends. It's all hey, over the caffeine. You're telling me. I keep this big jug. That Jack Daniels? Caffeine. No, it's Gold Peak Tea. I don't drink alcohol. Guys, until next time, <laughs> we are out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.